plays a chime, that means you have three seconds to get into your seat. Because he's, I went over and talked to him and he said, I've had enough of this. Tell him to sit down. So, all right, well, sharing joys and concerns. And we have a lot of people on our prayer list. Christine, welcome back, Christine. We missed you. Yes, yes, it is. Any updates, Christine? Uh, yeah, I'd like to. Yeah, it's good to be back. I I miss it. I listen to two preachers, David Jeremiah and Charles Stanley on TV, but it's not the same. They were good guys to listen to, but it's not like being here with all you people and, and singing together and just worshiping together. It's just different, you know, and I, I missed it. And yes, I'm better. Um, I seem to be healing from what I can tell. I don't know. I don't see the doctor till December 3rd. But anyhow, I, I got to get better because I have cookies to bake and things. And that's part of me for Christmas. And I don't want to miss that. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm better. And I just want to thank everyone for all their beautiful cards I received. Oh, some of them are so beautiful and such nice verses. I just enjoyed it very much. In fact, I, I read them. About every other day I sit down and go through them again. It's just, it's really nice. It's good to be here. And I got a, an update with Ruth Ann Her, I've been talking with her. And uh, she didn't go to rehab last week when she was supposed to. And then they were, some of them were saying, well, maybe you can go home. And her doctor said, oh, absolutely not. You cannot go home. You cannot go home by yourself. That, that's a no-no. And you need to go to rehab. So she is, as of now, at Hershey Rehab which is a good thing, but she too has a long way to go. A lot longer than me yet with the healing part. So we just keep her in our prayers. And other than that, the, the, everything's pretty well up to date. And yes, I'm recovering at home, and I will still be recovering at home, but I'm glad to be back here too. Well, like I said, we're glad to have you. <laughs> yeah. 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 He didn't get too much out of hand. Did he stay awake Oh, yeah. He Who else has something to share? Goldie, just a moment. Let me get Last week I told you that Betsy... Swisher I was going to have radiation on Wednesday. That wasn't true. She had three doctor's appointments that day. Anyhow, she starts radiation on Friday. And also, Mike's Sunday school class is having their Christmas party at Haas's at E-Town uh, December 3rd. That's on a Tuesday. So if you would like, you're all invited to go. So if you want to go, give me your name. I need to make reservations. Okay, if you don't come to me, I'll come to you. Thank you. And if you didn't notice, we have a young one back here crawling around the floor. It's not Kayla. It's, although she's a young one. Evelyn's feeling better. So she was under the weather last Sunday. So uh, she's feeling better. And boy, she's getting big. 
Yeah. Ryan said he's going out next week to look for a car for her. So. Um, so I just found out this week that my um, nephew's brother, so my ex-sister-in-law's son, um, Alex Hetrick, was in a really bad car accident um, the night of Thanksgiving. Or Thanksgiving. We're not Halloween. there yet. Halloween. Um, he w it was back on Route 39 by the Giant. He was waiting to turn in, and someone hit him head on. So he has like 30 stitches in his head, stitches in his elbow, um, ruptured spleen, broken pelvis. Um, yes, three broken ribs, I believe. I don't know. He's had two surgeries. Uh, this was like as of midweek that I had this information. So I know he has to go to rehab. So I don't know if he's still at the med center or if he is in rehab. But um, please keep him in your prayers because he's got a long way to, yeah. way to go. That's a lot of broken bones. Who else? No one else. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I was looking the wrong way. Pastor Sandy. Next weekend, Karen and I will be going down to Virginia. Um, we go. We go Friday, and the event is on Saturday. And we will make it most of the way back Sunday by Sunday morning, so much so that you will see us next week, but Ryan's preaching, because uh, we'll be just coming through here. We may as well come to church, because we don't want to have to drive extra miles. What we are going to is, um, and this is for my own information, but also as a, a, a leader of the congregation, uh, there is a group that is forming a new framework. The title of it is Association of Brethren Churches. And these, and it is being billed as a, one, one place I saw, it was, it's a safe landing place for congregations that are thinking of dis disconnecting from the denomination or have already done so, another, another phrase that's being used is a safe harbor. And so basically, it's, it's going to be an um, organizational structure, not a denomination, but, you know, if a congregation needs to help in finding a pastor or so forth, uh, that they would be willing to help with things like that and have it pretty well spelled out how they want to run uh, their organization. Now, so I'll be interested in just seeing who, who's connecting to this, who, who's on the committee that is putting this stuff together because they had an invitation meeting, what, a month ago? When was Winchester? Six, maybe six weeks ago, um, and, and I didn't go to that. So this would be sort of a reporting on some other, other things that they have done. Um, anyway, pray for us. Pray for that we would have, Karen and I are both going, that we would have discernment and that we'd have a perception of the value or the lack thereof of what is being offered. And so... Um, I, I am 
being very clear to you as a congregation, my heart is never, I've said this from, from 1975 on when I started ministry, never to say, oh, come on, congregation, let's leave the denomination. No, 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 I don't do that. Um, I, I am responsible and accountable to the Lord whether or not I'm in the church of the brethren. All right. And so if, if, they, if the denomination normalizes the whole gay agenda as being normal and we're going to have homosexual pastors and we're going to have homosexual uh, weddings and this kind of thing, if they go doing that, I cannot remain attached. I said that in 1977 that, that I'm, when I went through the ordination thing, uh, they asked me, well, is there anything about the Church of the Brethren that, that, uh, that you struggle with that you don't exactly agree with? I saw elements of this clear back in 1977, and I said, I just want to go on record. And I was, what, 27 years old. Uh, when I said that, well, it still goes. And so I'm trying to find my own way forward and praying for you as a congregation for your way forward. You have got to have that relationship with the Lord as a congregation to know what God is calling you to. Uh, you know, I was flabbergasted when Chickies uh, left the Church of the Brethren not too long ago. Um, Midway, I sort of, I sort of knew that that was coming, uh, but I there's there's thirty congregations out there that are right on the edge, and and, it's, it's, and that's not counting this congregation. All right, uh, you need to be aware, you need to be alert, and you need to be praying about these issues. It's real obvious to me the stuff I'm getting from the Elgin. Uh, denominational office and they've just lost uh, so what was Brian the treasurer oh, Brian, Brian Boltman all of us so week of annual conference Brian Boltman the, the Church of the Brethren denominational treasurer he's talking to us and he, and he was uh, connected to the Germantown Trust as a denominational treasurer and, you know, and sort of, oh, you know, we'll see you somewhere. To, the next week, he resigned. Something happened. We don't know what happened. But there's a lot of, here's what I see, because I, I know too much. <laughs> I know back channels and all this stuff. It's not a happy time at the denominational office, and there's a bunch of chaos organizational structural chaos. I don't know that people aren't getting along, but I wouldn't be surprised that part of this chaos there, you know, like they are not filling, filling vacated, um, vacated positions. And so, no, so who's responsible for stuff? Well, they don't know. And you know, they need to shore, th to make things work, they got to shore it up and, and reorganize or something. Uh, anyway, got as long as we're in the Church of the Brethren, you got to be praying for them. And uh, don't fail to do that. I'm just saying there's some real heartfelt concern. I mean, I, 
I know most of these people, all right? So pray for us, pray for our trip, pray for them down in Virginia, pray for the folks up in Elgin, Illinois. Anyone else? Okay. Well, let's come before the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, boy, do we have a lot to pray about. It's just one thing after another that comes to our mind. And we do want to pray and, and worship you and know that you are in charge no matter what happens. You are our leader. You are our savior. You are the one that will carry us through as long as we remain faithful to you. But we do pray for the denomination. We pray for our leadership. We pray for uh, our pastors. We pray for our congregation. We pray for this new organization in Virginia. Lord, show us the way. Keep us true to scripture. It's not our decision. It's your decision. And therefore, our love for you dictates that we follow your decisions. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for being our, our leader. Thank you for the Holy Spirit to guide us, to lead us forward. And Lord, we have, on the individual basis, we have people who have been in accidents. We pray for them. We pray for healing, for wise doctors that know exactly what they are doing that will help individuals get back on their feet. We pray for Betsy as she faces her treatments. And we also pray for Christine as she's going through her recuperation. Lord, so many things to pray about. And we, of course, are happy that we can share birthday greetings with Helen. Lord, not everything is doom and gloom, but of course that comes to our mind right away. We have a lot to be thankful for. And we, as a congregation, are truly blessed. We have a lot to say that, oh, this isn't right and that isn't right. But when we step back and we say, I know things are different. Things are not what I would do. But my God is in control. And I am blessed and happy about that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that everybody is, is here today to worship you. And happy that you are the one in charge. Thank you again, Lord. And we pray these things in your son's holy name, Jesus Christ, our risen Savior, the one that we can rely on, the solid rock. Amen. Do you know the, the, the tune to that, Walter? Okay.
Britain said, Amen. You may be seated. Well, so about a month ago, a month ago, you remember a month ago? Well, a lot, lots happened in the last month, huh? A month ago, David Kobols come to me and said, this device isn't working. And, you know, and I didn't know how the thing was working. My son set it up and, and we left and left it. And so, and I was messing with it. Well, I must have done something right because by the time I, my son looked at it, he said, well, dad, this is working okay. So I can make mistakes that are, that are good. I can also make mistakes that are not so good, you know. Uh, how about you, you know? Uh, come on, you know, that, that's a humble heart to admit. Uh, you, you need to admit. It's good for you to admit. Oh, Lord, help me, Lord. You know, so why do we pray? It's expression of a heart calling out to God in prayer. That is a key component of prayer and why we need to pray. As, as a little speck, that's me. I'm just a little speck. You say, well, you don't look very little. Well, I'm getting littler all the time, you know. <laughs> Not much. I've, I've, I've plateaued out about 272 pounds. I'm sort of on a plateau. I, go, I have aspirations of learn, losing another 40 pounds or something, but, well, you know, maybe... Maybe I need the doctor's help or something. I don't Anyway, I'm just a little speck in God's great universe and this magnificent, almighty God. What did I see recently? I saw it in my mind. You ever, you ever get a thing that goes bing in your mind? Well, some bings are just stupid, <laughs> but some things are right. I was, in fact, I could take you where I was driving down the road and where this sort of goes, bing. Here's the bing. God knows every atom in the universe. He's all-knowing. Every atom in the universe, every molecule, he knows where they are and what's happening with that, that atom or molecule. He knows. And who am I? Who would... Who, who am I that he would even care about me? And yet he sent what? He sent his beloved son, his only begotten son, into this world and not only sent him to help teach souls like mine, but to die for me and to be a propitiation. That's an old King James word. Propitiation. He was the mercy seat the sprinkling of his blood for my sin. He died in my place. This great God sent his son to do that for me and for you. By the way, you're a speck too. <laughs> you know. But he knows. He, how much does he know about you? Yeah, he numbers. He got every hair numbered. Now, I got that on good authority. Jesus said that. Every hair in your head. Some of us have less numbering and others, you know, I don't have as many numbered as I used to. That's just making it easier for God. 
No, he not only knows every hair on your head, he knows, like I said, every atom, every molecule, every cell in your body. He knows. He knows. So we've talked in the past about the outside world. God made this outside world. To the furthest of the universe, God God is there and he's here. He's He's there. And, but then, then Jesus talks about there that he made the inside also. And so there's this inside world inside of you. And who, and who made that? Our Father in heaven made your inside world. Now, not everything, not everything out here is the way that our Heavenly Father wants it. And not everything in there is the way our Heavenly Father wants it. He is seeking as God in heaven to redeem all things to himself. And uh, every moment, every, every day, this, our God, Redeemer, through the person of his son, is working at bringing redemption to you, to your inside world, and to my inside world. He's working at it. And he can use pretty much the ordinary stuff of your everyday life. Some, some stuff just drives me crazy. You, you probably tell that by looking at me, you know. Yeah, well, there's some things that are driving him crazy. Yeah, well, all of us. <laughs> and you know what? So God will use the people that just... Yeah, I'm crazy because all the, what all these people are doing to me, see. But God could use those crazy people to deal with me as a crazy people, you know. And he puts, he puts pressure on us. He puts pressure on us. How? Through, through the Holy Spirit, yes, but he, the whole, what's the Holy Spirit doing? He's using all this stuff in your life to shape and reshape you. He's the potter on the clay. You know, by the way, that's a good thing to tell yourself every day. He's the potter on the clay. And I, Lord, I'm not going to complain about how bad it gets today because sometimes he really needs to put pressure to get me shaped the way he wants me. Do you know that? And to say, okay, Lord, and if, Lord, if it's from the devil, you let me know that because it says if I resist the devil, he'll flee from me. There's no reason why we have to put up with the devil. But he says, Jesus says, by, by the way, somebody might need this. This is why I'm saying, this is the sermon before the sermon. You know that. Jesus says, in this world, you will, the old King James says, have tribulation. New King James says trouble. You will have trouble. You're going to have trouble. Did you know you're going to have trouble? <laughs> Jesus says so. You're going to have trouble. You are going to have trouble. If not sooner, then later. And I'm amazed how little trouble some people have. Hey, you know, it's the people. I have observed the people that have had the most trouble in life. Chances are that the grace and, and the mercy of God by the Holy Spirit that God, that God has something special for those people that have all these troubles. And so if you go, 
Oh, I got all the, yeah, you might be specially chosen, what? To bring forth, help me say it, Lord. To bring forth a testimony that God is working and whatever I face, he's able to get me through it. He's able to bless me. He's able to help me. Now, the world out there, they, they understand carnality, you know? You know, look at your life and, and you do something real carnal, like you just snap at your wife. Just say something nasty to her. Have I ever done that? Yeah, well, you don't, you don't need to tell them about it, you know. Guess what that is? That's carnality. And the world out there knows everything about carnality. And when the pressure is on and we get grumpy and ouchy and snotty and what, what other words can I use in church? I won't use farmer words, you know, manure words and all that stuff. By the way, I got a farmer sermon somewhere along the line, probably after the first year. There are something about, there's a passage in there that talks about that, that the cattle in the stall, there's no such thing as cattle in the stall without manure. That's a good sermon. It's in the Bible. You go, oh, come on, that's not, it's in the Bible. You'll, yeah, we just need to do that one just because there's a few farmers that could appreciate this sermon because I could go to churches that would not appreciate it at all. Just to let you know. And the Lord can take all of these parts and what does he do? According to uh, Romans chapter 8, that he will work that, that for the believer, for those that believe, he will work for good in our lives. He will work a pattern for good in my life through all, through all the stuff that I face. So Lord, help me to stay sweet because what the world does not know about is really our topic this morning. So I'm, I'm, doing, I'm in the segue now. <laughs> just, just to let you know, I know about that stuff. The world does not, they understand carnality because they are carnal. But when, when we react in the love of Christ, in the grace of the Lord, and in the mercy of God, when we act by those things in the face of really tough stuff, the world doesn't know anything about that, and we got a testimony that is running from our life back into their lives. Hallelujah. Oh, God, help me to get out of the carnality stuff, and next time, treat her really sweetly. Treat her in a spiritual mind. That's our title this morning. Spiritual mindedness. Spiritual mindedness. All right? I'm trying, trying to... Yeah, if it's at all possible, God, help me tie up some loose ends, you know. Yeah, well. <laughs> That's my aspiration. I'm not sure how often it happens. Uh, tie up some loose ends in my sermons. We work at it. Help me, Lord. Help me. You know what? I do. The easiest part of sermons is talking. Can you tell? My, my big 
big problem is finding the stop button, you know. Spiritual mindedness. Now, so we have talked uh, recently about human nature and how the old, there's, there's this old nature and what is the old nature, body, soul, and spirit has been corrupted and that it's called the old man, the old nature, carnality, the fleshliness, uh, all kinds of terms. And your Bible might have some others that, that, I, that I haven't even paid attention to. So there's a problem. And we're born into this world and we, you know, I inherit this from my parents, you inherit it from your parents, and that goes all the way back to Adam and Eve. Every single one of us. Now, some of us, it's almost like we have special grace through our families that our, you know, if you come from a whole line of bank robbers, that will probably be in your DNA and you will have special problems regarding stealing stuff. I've noticed that over the years. But if if that's not in your family, you might not be as prone to robbing banks. And whatever else it is, if you grew up in a home where there was fairly strong, loving discipline, and you learn that from your parents, and you learn to do that in your inside world, and you just don't allow yourself to go out and do the stupid, stupid, carnal stuff, get drunk, rape somebody, and then shoot somebody else. You don't do that. You say, no, I'm not even going to get close. I'm going to stay away from alcohol. And I made, when I was 22, I made a promise before the Lord not to do alcohol. And it's not that it makes me better, but it keeps me out of what? It keeps me out of a whole lot of carnality. <laughs> Let me tell you, I've been watching. <laughs> so the, when we ask Christ into our life, you like to talk about that. I like to talk about that. Will you invite the Lord Jesus Christ to come into your heart? You acknowledge him as Savior. You say, oh God, forgive me of my sin. And there you are in the spirit at the foot of the cross and you see Jesus died in your place for your sins. Jesus could have said, oh, wow. That was almost too much to, I don't even know how I express that. Something came into my head. Jesus could have said, well, I didn't sin. And Father in heaven, the people that really messed up, you know, there's the scribes and the Pharisees and and, and there are a bunch of people in town that have been nasty to me every time I came through. And over here are my disciples. Hey, where are my disciples? You know, he's hanging there on the cross. And he could say, I don't deserve this. And I don't want to. And he could have called 10,000 angels to get him out of that situation. He had that authority. But he didn't. He was willing to say, Father, not my will, but yours be done. And he was willing to say, yes, I'll take the blame. I'll take the judgment and I'll take the penalty of that judgment. I'll take it 
and he did not argue that it was your fault and my fault. Did not argue. So I'm, you know, I like to run around and say, oh, you know, it's their fault. <laughs> not my fault, it's their fault. No, no, no. Hey, a spirit-filled life is willing to step in and say, if you want to blame somebody, go ahead and blame me. That's what Jesus did. You, you're you going to follow Jesus? Are you? Are you going to follow Jesus and go to that place where you're willing to take the blame? You say, well, you know, you didn't even do anything. It's Jesus didn't do anything, and he still was willing to take it. Heavenly Father, teach me to take it. I tell you what, the people out there in the world do not understand that. And maybe they never will. But it need, that will raise questions in their mind saying, you know, maybe there's more to life than what I know. What do they have that I don't have? Because when we ask Jesus into us, where does he come? He comes uh, in Ephesians talks about how he dwells in our hearts by faith. It talks about the, the spirit, the Holy Spirit. He's in our spirit. There on the inside, the deepest part. Don't you know that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? So there is a holy of holies in you if you belong to Christ. And he comes into your spirit. He's in there, in the Holy of Holies in your heart. You, don't you know, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? Well, that's another reason I don't drink alcohol. Is I, hey, we got refrigeration and we don't need to do the fermented stuff anymore. Well, you know, I don't, need, I don't need the stuff that's fermented and rotted and, and then they try to redeem it and sell it as a beverage. No, no, no. And I'm not even going to go... I'm going to leave that alone because the Holy One wants to be holy in me, in my spirit. And he doesn't leave any of his holiness out there someplace. Whatever he is, that's who he is in your spirit. Now, so, so that's, that's the core of the apple. And then there's this area around the core, and some of it had a worm going through it. That's the carnality stuff. And some of it, as Christians, some of it is really good. Ah, really good. And it's not because of me. He, from my spirit, helps me now, how, how do you get out of carnality? So you discover an area. By the way, it probably happened today. Probably won't even wait till tomorrow. He will show you carnality in your life. If you say, Lord, just show me another area of carnality in my life. Hey, that's a good prayer, but be careful when you pray it because he'll do it. <laughs> and before the day's out, you go, ooh, I didn't know about that. Well, so, so how, do you, how do you get rid of that carnality? You just got to get down and you got to just work so hard and you got to, oh, you got to get focused and you got to get your brain working and you just grit your teeth to overcome that carnal. No. What do you do, folks? Only one way. 
A lot of people, a lot of Christians, a lot of good church, a lot of good church-going people don't know this. The way out of carnality is to take that carnality, whatever you discover in your life, you take it to the cross of Jesus and you say with the Apostle Paul, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me and the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And you die to that thing. And there, there's no solution for your inside world to the carnality stuff that you discover that's still hanging around. The devil shakes and say, oh, you know, that, that, that attitude is still there in your life. And so, so you're not even a Christian. That's what the devil will tell No, no, no. I just take this thing and I take it to the cross and I reckon it dead with Christ on the cross. And whatever I die to, carnality-wise, what does he do? He Just like Jesus raised from the third day, most of the time what I discover, he doesn't take three days to do it. Might even be the same day he raises up new life inside of me, in my inside world, where that thing was in my life yeah, a generational thing that went back 10 generations and there it is in my life, no, die to it and he'll raise up something brand new in your life. He will. And as long as you're on this earth, I try to tell people past 90 this, I talk to, have a good, nice little talk with Helen. You get past 90 and it's not that you um, don't have issues to do with yeah, as you age, you will discover other things you didn't even realize that it was your carnal nature. Yeah, well, there it is. As long as you live, you have something to deal with before the Lord. And the question is, how close will you get to what the, what you, what the Lord wants you to be before you go out into glory? Because those that have crucified the flesh and the desires thereof what, or what, have what? They'll have special reward. Don't think you won't have special. If, if giving a cup of cold water to a needy child, you will not lose your reward. Neither will you if you give your old, the old stuff from, from carnality and Adam and Eve and your old nature and give that to the cross and truly die and die to it. Neither will you lose your reward on that. My, my. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm uh, weighing in my mind, do I even want to get into my sermon? <laughs> uh, yeah, let's go to, Ro let's go to Romans. <clears throat> By the way, we, just as... Uh, since I'm doing transition. So, somewhere in the near future, we're going to let you know, we have been recording this until about a month and a half ago, six weeks ago. We were recording every service and sending it out on the internet, what they call a podcast. And, um, and back when we started to do it, I, I saw it and, and listened to a couple of services um, 
And, and Dave does this back there, sends it out on, into a pod, and it's just the audio. There's a place to go called Anchor, and you, you, you can find it by Googling Conewago Church Podcast. And, until, you know, so there was a bunch of weeks here we didn't, didn't record, but there's 30-some uh, services that are recorded out there on the Internet. Uh, we're going to try to make this much easier to get to, and we're even working at, Ryan is working at, um, uh, sort of uh, putting together a, a, a basic structure of a website, and may, uh, probably linking some of this with that and, and trying to make it, because younger people, that's the way they look at the world, and trying to say, we have no objection with the internet, and we can use the internet for good. Uh, so just say we've been working at it, all right? We've been working at it. Uh, Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. It's obvious to me that I'm not going to do everything I had planned. <laughs> Romans chapter 8. Working at... Um, the whole thing of being spiritually minded and following spiritual things. Uh, Romans 8 is, is in many regards the go-to passage on this, and we may have time to link it to Ephesians and to Timothy, uh, but let's see how far we can go uh, before it's 1, one o'clock, and, the, and that's new time. New time, in, you know. That's still on the old time, right? The thermostat's still on the old time? On the new time? Uh, I'll slow on a draw, okay. Romans chapter 8, let's go from the top of the chapter. If you pray, Lord, show me, show my, me my inside world and all the kind of carnality and things that are not of God in me. And he does. Here's what I want you to know. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, not walking according to the flesh, not according to the flesh, but according to what? The Spirit. So the Spirit the, the, in the holy place, the holy of holies, in you, Holy Spirit, I want you to be the thing that I walk by, the way I live. That walk is the Christian walk, and it's how I live as a Christian. Verse 2, in the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus, so the Spirit in you, in the Holy of Holies, in your spirit, the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. So he's in you and he, there is a dimension of life that is not available outside of him. And if that life is in him and he's in you, guess what? You got the life. And that life will never end. He died once, he will not die again. And the life he has is eternal. And, the, and this body may quit, but the real me 
has etern- there's a part of me that will never die. If Christ is in you, if he's in your spirit, there's a part of you, there's a bunch of you that may die, especially if, if you haven't reckoned with carnal things, you know, all that carnal stuff. When, they, when, you, when your body quits, all the carnality quits, and they stick it in the ground, and my, any carnality left is going to stay in the ground. Hallelujah. It's going to be gone. Isn't that a neat thought? Hey, maybe, maybe you know, Lord, if you want to strike me dead just so I can get to that, that's fine. <laughs> you know what? That needs really to be sort of our attitude. You know, Paul said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And what do I get when I die? All the carnal stuff, no more forever. And the real life that's in there, that's the life that I will continue to live right on out into heaven. Hey, sounds pretty good to me. So, you know, when I die, maybe some people will cry at my funeral. Oh, that's all right. I don't care if you cry. You know, Mike told me this morning that if he kicks the bucket, well, just don't even dig a hole. Just... Just leave, you know, and and we'll go along with nature and let the and the vultures and the buzzards get it, you know. Yeah. You know what? That's 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 not a very nice idea, but you know, there's there's an element of truth in that. And whether whether she buries me face up, face down, head, head this way or head that, way, you know. Of the cemetery people are worried about which direction they bury you, you know. Nah, I could care less. Whether, whether I'm cremated, whether, I, whether or not I'm buried at sea, I don't care. I have a God that's big enough <laughs> to raise me from the dead and put, and put everything back the way it should be. My, 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 my. He's trying to take the sting of death out of you. Sting of death for those that you love that pass away. And the sting of death about your own mortality and your own passing. I'm not saying that the casualness, talking about buzzards, that, that that is necessarily a good thing. But I am saying that we, you and I, as Christians, see a much bigger picture with this God. Is this God great enough while we are in mortal flesh and I still got carnality running around in my soul and out in the stupid things I may do, can this God, is he big enough to be greater than all of that and to fulfill every promise in the Bible about heaven and for that to take the sting out of the loss of loved ones especially?
or even your own fear and apprehension of death. Now, you don't need to do that. You don't need to be terrified, scared out of your wits about dying. He designed death so that what? So that carnality would not continue indefinitely. He actually designed death. God did. He said, "You eat the fruit thereof, and you're going that same day. You're going to die." Well, the death thing was a mercy, so we don't stay in sin forever. How horrible to stay in the sin and the carnality forever. God, get me out of that. And one great hope I have as a Christian is that all my flaws, all my imperfections, everything that's in there in my inside world that's not quite right, that it's not always going to be that way. This God is going to triumph over every single thing. And even from me, and you can say this about yourself, even from me, the glory of God will shine out from me in, in a perfect way. Someday that's going to happen. And it may, so how, how far can I go on the road while I'm in this life? Hmm. Hmm. How close can you get to perfect radiance of glory as a vessel of God in this world? You know, I'll tell you what, I think most of us as pastors and a lot of church leaders sell that thing short and it's maybe possible to get way more of what God wants us to be than we realize and it's probably the most humble, meek people in the churches that, that we don't even realize, you know, God has done something special in those people's lives and, and, and they're not in charge of it, you know. Did the candle go out yet? Hey, come back. I was, so in my mind, I was singing this song about that candle up there. You can't be a, I always get the words wrong. You can't be a, a beacon if your light don't shine. Now, what my mind does is you can't be a deacon if your, if your light don't shine. See? Well, that's true too, but that's not the way the song goes. We, what needs to shine out of your life? The things of God. You know, that's, that's the radiance of your testimony in this world. And, and I think it's way more possible for us to do godly things than we think. And our mind is, oh, because the carnality is there, and, and we're so carnal-minded, this world is so carnal-minded, Oh, I'm just sort of doomed to be a flawed, imperfect person. But you know what? You can make real progress in the Christian life. You. Don't give up. It's not you. It is the Holy Spirit of God. That's a transforming thing. It's the life of Jesus. Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. I'm not even going to get very far in this passage. 
Verse two, the law, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. Yeah, the flesh will never do it. Flesh will never get there. I'm, you know, all my ancestors, they were bank robbers and so I'm trying real hard not to be a bank robber too. If you just do that on your own, hey, you'll probably end up robbing a bank. Here's what God did. God did by sending his own son in, in the likeness of sin of sinful flesh. So it looks like Jesus is just an ordinary person, ordinary person that, well, he's probably a sinner just like the rest of us. No, he wasn't. No sin in Jesus. The likeness, but he was, it was not sinful flesh. It looked like sinful flesh, but it wasn't sinful flesh. He was without sin. On account of sin, he condemns sin in the flesh. And if Jesus can live to the glory of God, he's saying, well, if Jesus did it, you, you just need to follow him. And you need to let him live in you. And come out in what you say. Come out in what you think. Come out in your decisions. Come out in, in just your approach to things. Oh, God, help me. Verse 4 says that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. The flesh and the spirit thing, you got a choice. Before it was just flesh and flesh. Bank robber or yell at your wife. Good sin or bad sin. That's what, what was your choices before you came to Christ? What is it now? Well, we can do carnal things or we can do things of the Holy Spirit of God. That's our choice. You got that choice every day, by the way. Don't let your devil trick you. You got that choice. You have that choice. Verse five, for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds, look at it, set their minds on the things of the flesh. And so... How do, how do I say this? The nature of fish is to do fishy things. The nature of a dog is to do doggy things. The nature of a horse is to do horse things. And the nature of a carnal human being is to do carnal things. We, and they call it news. It's not really news. It's the same old sinful story. And, and they plaster all this sin in the newspaper and count it news. No, it's just human nature being human nature. And we should not be surprised when human nature ends up doing criminal things for which they get sent to jail. Hmm. By the way, as a Christian, you can still do the stupid carnal thing if you don't, don't take that choice. I know a man sitting in jail right now because one night he killed his wife. Man, carnal decision. Christians can make carnal decisions. How are you going to walk? What's in your mind? Who live according